I am not Paul Jenkins, as you may have noticed. Um, I'm Phil, so I'm elder here at the, at the church, and you probably used to see me up here playing music and stuff. Uh, sometimes I get to preach. It's been about a year and a half, so sometimes uh, you all forget uh, why I don't preach that often, but this will be a great reminder of it. So self-deprecating humor out of the way, Paul is on vacation. Uh, Paul and Wendy and family, so they get to celebrate Father's Day, getting away from everything up in the mountains, uh, and they get a nice long trip. So um, uh, we're super glad about that. I mean, y'all pray for Paul and Wendy that they get rest uh, this week while they're gone. But um, I get to be here and hang out with you guys this morning. Um, no strings attached, right? So we didn't have a series that was going, a sermon series that was going on. So Paul just asked if I would preach. And so I've been in prayer, and um, what I think, uh, what I know for a fact, I think nothing, I know for a fact that God has guided us to, to look in Scripture about a call to love this morning, okay? Um, and I just thought the hearts looked cool. So, um, so we're going to talk about what it means to actually love um, all morning long. What we're going to um, basically do is... We're going to read a whole bunch of Bible, okay? Uh, if that's good with you. I mean, that's the best thing I know to do to preach with you. I, I, I don't know what else to do, but just, just look at a lot of text and try to connect dots. So for the most part, they're all going to be up on the screen. You can read with me. Um, I'm going to be reading them out of the New American Standard Bible, um, but it's probably pretty close, whatever version you want to do. So if you can grab your phones or your Bible and read along or just look up on the screen, but... Um, track with us on those. Just make sure you're kind of looking with us. Um, can, we, can we just take a moment and pray that God would op- just kind of open our eyes to what we're going to see and read today? Um, my goal is, um, they gave me like a 30, like a 40-minute countdown. I'm not, I'm, my goal is not to do that, right? Um, but it's been a long time, so there's like nine-point sermons, which is that's not even a good Baptist, right? So um, David can attest to that in the back, but I'm going to cut it down to about um, four. But I know, what, I know where we're going, okay? So, but I want you to pray with me. Would you just take a moment and where you're at, just, just close your eyes if it helps and ask God to help you to see truth um, in the scripture today. Father, I pray that you would help us to find your heart. So we sang about and celebrated you that you're our father. 1 John 3 tells us that out of love, you, God, have, have called and made us your children. And so we give you thanks for that. And I pray that you would help us in Scripture today to see that you've called us to a, a love, a service of the people around us that looks like Jesus. I pray that you would help us to understand and hear and see And take in um, our Bibles today and let it transform us to be more like you. Be with us, Lord. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, I wrote wrote a new parable for you because Jesus talks a lot in parables. So I thought it would be cool to be like him. So it's called um, Orbeez are like the kingdom of heaven. So um, anybody know what Orbeez are? Show of hands. It's probably going to be mostly um, parents with small kids right? So Orbeez are awesome, and the best way I know how to explain them are they are very small little beads, and when you put water in them, 
they like blow up, not like explode, blow up, but they will slowly um, get very large, okay? Um, it's awesome. If you've ever like put a, like fertilizer or something to feed out your, feed your lawn and it's got that new like technology that's supposed to hold in water and then you go out there one day and you didn't know that's what you got and there's like these orbs in your yard, that's kind of what orbies are, but they're safe and non-toxic because they're for kids to play with. Um, is it just me or when you see something that's safe and non-toxic, does anybody else have the urge to like eat it? <laughs> is that just me? In my, in my head, every time I see it's safe and non-toxic, I'm always like, prove it. Um, I'm not going to eat these. These are actually not Orbeez. Uh, these are water beads. Um, these are off-brand. Anybody got some water beads? You know it is an off-brand when Amazon sends you this junk in a Ziploc bag without words on it. So, um, they might not be safe and non-toxic. But what they do, here's, believe it or not, all right, in this little cup, take a guess how many you think are in this cup. You can talk in church. It's cool. 150. Look at that. 150 in this little cup. So you can imagine there's like a billion in here, like quite literally, maybe two billion. Um, those are going to, I'm going to show you in a minute how those are like the kingdom of heaven. And what I'm going to do is we're going to pour in some water, okay? Now, you get this opportunity to, if I'm super boring, you can actually just watch um, these things grow. And they're right like at my eye level. So it'll look like you're tracking with me the whole time, but really you're looking at this like cup of beads um, expanding. All right? So there. Happy Father's Day to you. You get to completely check out um, and just watch that. Okay? So what we're going to do is, is, like I said, we're going to read a whole bunch of our Bible. And here's what I think it's going to tell us. It's going to call us to love. It's going to tell us who to love. And then I think it's going to show us how to love. Okay, fair enough. That makes sense. Does that make sense? Look at the person beside you and say, I love you. There you go. Okay. Um, all right, before, before we go into the first passage, um, well, no, actually, yeah, David, pull up that, pic that picture, or Derek. I don't know who's back there. All right. Um, that's actually 150 beads down in that cup, and the one on the left, is, is 150, the one on the right is 150 full of water. And so this is my kind of science experiment, like just add water. Um, I don't know how lazy you are, but I actually am quite lazy and um, not as lazy maybe in my childhood. In seventh grade, I got a C on my science project. And I was telling, I think, Mel this the other day, um, because my science project was how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop, which I thought was quite empirical and, and like brilliant. And I got a C when... I didn't understand. I mean, I made the, the cardboard thing and everything, red, orange, blue. I licked that stuff, too. Like, it was like 130, like, just to get to the chocolate part in the center. Um, but my teacher wasn't feeling it. Um, this is the science experiment, and we'll, we'll come back to it in the end. Okay? That makes sense? Before we do that, um, we have to, I think it's going to be really helpful if we define what love means um, this morning. Um, You've probably heard uh, speakers or pastors talk about how there are different versions of the word love in Scripture. There's, there's three different Greek words that we find. Um, we're going to be talking this morning 
all about agape love. Um, it's some, this, all, the, all a form of the Greek word agape. And this is not um, eros love, eros, um, which is, kind of, is more like a sensual, um, sexual love, um, an intimate thing. That it's, uh, it's where you get the word erotic from. We're not talking about that this morning, so don't be nervous. Um, it, this is not uh, phileo love, which is kind of like buddy-buddy love, like, a, like more like friendship. Um, it's where you get the uh, city of Philadelphia, the uh, city of brotherly love, right? So that's where that word comes from. Both of these words really focus on um, us, like what we can get out of a relationship. Um, those are loves that, that still have us really at heart. Even though they, they do serve others, they mostly are a reflection of us serving us. Um, so the love that we're going to talk about this morning is agape. And the best way I know how to, to define agape is by a really long definition. So here, here it is, okay? Here's what agape is. It's a selfless, putting others first, sacrificial, I will love you to the detriment of myself kind of love. It's a love that we found on the cross in Jesus. That is agape love. And every, every scripture we're going to read is using that form of sacrificial you are, I will put you first, I will love you more than myself kind of love. Um, another thing I'm going to be doing is almost synonymously using love and the word serve. So I'm going to go back and forth a lot this morning because to love is to serve and to serve is to love someone, okay? So all morning long we're talking loving people by serving them and serving people because we love them and all to the glory of God, okay? That makes sense? All right, here's what we're going to do. Let's start reading. So if you could pull up that first one, should be in 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. That's all the way almost to the end of your Bible. It's a couple before Revelation. So this is, uh, this is John, John the Beloved. Uh, while you're getting there, um, it's all like my favorite thing about John is how he... Uh, calls himself like the one that Jesus loved and then um, if you ever notice the crucifixion the resurrection story in the end of John there's this like I don't I have no idea why it's in there other than like a joke with Peter it says and they both ran when the when the women by the way are the first one to preach the gospel because they saw him first and when the women came back and told the men Peter and John ran to the tomb and John for whatever reason writes in there um, and John got there first so it just trips me out. But that's John, the same John that you see in the Gospels, wrote these. There's three of these, one, uh, first, second, and third John. Here it goes. You ready? Um, <clears throat> we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and that we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, and he's not, he's not putting people down. He literally, at the beginning of this chapter, had said what I told you earlier, because, it, because of God's love, he made us to be his children. He's recapping the good news. He says, little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. Let us not just word, uh, love with our, our speech, with our tweets, with our Facebook posts, with our t-shirts, with our tattoos. Let us love in deed and in truth. Because if you 
believe it and you act upon it, then it is truth. Okay? So John is, um, I like to think that John is the first person to make the phrase virtue signaling, like, uh, cool. Um, anybody heard this phrase, virtue signaling? Y'all ain't on Twitter, I can tell. Um, so here's what virtue signaling, to virtue signal means. This will make sense. Um, it's, to, it's to make a statement that implies to onlookers that you are virtuous. Okay? Um, it's basically saying, saying or doing something to look good before other people. doesn't mean that you don't actually believe what you're saying. It just means more like the, the motivation in your heart is, I'm going to say this because it makes you think this, you know, good things about me. That is to virtue signal. And I, I think John calls out virtue signaling here in the scripture. Um, the, like, I don't, mean to, I don't mean to hate on um, people in elected office. Um, it's, an, it's an easy one to kind of give you an example. So if, if, I, if I'm an elected official and I'm always talking about this, this policy, like on Facebook or Twitter or on commercials and how people deserve this and th this is... We, shouldn't, we should stand against this, such and such. And then the vote comes up, like actually in Congress, and I click present to vote. That would be like virtue signaling. Like I can speak about it because I really want you to think good things about me. But then will I act upon it? And that's what John is saying here. Man, let's, we can't just love in word. We have to love in action. So let me ask you a really simple question with this passage. We'll move to the next one. What if God just loved us in word and not deed? Have you thought about that? What if he loved us in word? For God so loved the world that he thought about sending his only son. And he knew that if he did, it would, it would mean the forgiveness of sins and new life. That's how much he loved you. That he, he knew that would be awesome. What if he loved in word and not action? John 1.14 says the word became what? Flesh. He didn't just love you in word. So, little children, let's not just love with our mouths. Let's love with our actions. Let's keep going. Will you pull up James 2? So that one's going to be, a, like, I think three books to the left. Um, very short little books there, but I'm going to read it out to you. So if you'll turn over to that. Here we go. Ready? Can you see these words okay? How about from the back row? Feeling good? I was kind of taking a, a stab at it. I wasn't positive. All right. You Ready? Sorry, I just got water all over my face. <laughs> all right, here you go. So James 2 says, What use is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works, can that faith save him? If a brother or a sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed, be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body to be warmed and filled. What use is that? Even so, says James, if it has no works, if faith has no works, it's dead, being all by itself. Like that one hits hard, right? Here's what James is saying. Look, if what you believe is not what you live, how much do you really believe it? How much do you honestly believe it if you, don't, if you don't live it out? Faith, if not put into action. I don't know. James calls it dead. I don't know. Maybe I would have said something different. 
but I didn't write that book. I wasn't led by the Holy Spirit to, to pin this, right? I'm going to take it at face value and say, that's something to reflect about. That's something to seek God about. Is my faith, am I like virtue signaling faith? Am I speaking it, not living it? That's something we have to ask the question about. Can we keep connecting dots? Are you guys good? Um, so, so John said, not just word, but in action. Um, James says, not just, um, not just believing in it, but doing it. And look, just I, I don't want you in your seats now um, thinking up like a heresy about me, because obviously we know from the whole context of Scripture that it's by what that we are saved, by grace that we are saved, Paul says in Ephesians 2, um, through faith, not as, a, not as a, a result of your works, so that no man can boast. So it is not your actions that saves you, okay? You didn't hear me say that because I did not say that. What I'm saying is that your faith then should be in action, okay? All right, let's keep going. Let's look at um, the book of Luke. So if you'll go to Luke 10, so let's get Jesus' perspective. We've got John, the Apostle John's perspective. We've got James, his perspective. We're just going to get Jesus' perspective, okay? And this one's on two slides. It's a, pretty, it's a bigger chunk. Is this a two-slide? No, this is not a two-slide. This is on one slide. All right, you ready? We're going to start reading. Okay, and a lawyer stood up. So this is not like um, your honor, like lawyer, right? This is like uh, the teachers of the law. So the ones that you know, knew the scriptures and the Torah and the prophets, they knew them uh, frontward and backward, all right? Um, so one of those dudes stood up, and he put him, this is Jesus, okay? He put him to the test, saying, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, because Jesus is all the time answering questions by asking questions, and that's not a bad idea um, for you in conversation. Sometimes that's helpful, um, especially with little kids. What is written in the law? How does it read to you? So the main answer. Well, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. All right, and he's, he's uh, quoting Deuteronomy 6, 5 there. And then he says, he also adds, and your neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself. And there he's quoting Leviticus 18, I think, uh, 18, 9 or 19, 8, that you can figure it out. So he says, love God with all you have, with every ounce of you, and love your neighbor of yourself. And Jesus said, wrong answer, right? No. Jesus said, you've answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, all right, so who's my neighbor then? And here, this is a loaded question. Here's what that question means. All right, Jesus, who do I need to go love to check this thing off? Who do I need to go be good to? I got you. I know you're, you know, I know there's God. All right, who do I need to go be extra good to so that I make God happy? That's the question. Here's how Jesus answered it. Do you remember how Jesus answers it? Do you know what comes next? How does he answer it? Come on. Come on. You got to talk in church. We're so quiet. Story of the Good Samaritan, all right? Here's what he does. He says, all right, well, who's my neighbor? And Jesus tells this story about the Good Samaritan. I'm not going to read the whole thing because we don't really have time. But I'm going to sum it up for you. Um, are you thirsty? You just drink at the top. It's okay. Um, 
So the story of the Good Samaritan is basically this, if I have to sum it up. The hero of the story is the Samaritan. The person in need of saving was the Jew, the Hebrew, okay? Samaritans and the Jews were incompatible. That's why I said that. When I told you it's incompatible, that would be completely compatible, right? They are incompatible, okay? They're oil and water. They are quite literally enemies of one another. The worst thing that you could say to a Jew other than call them a dog was to call them a Samaritan, okay? So they did not get along. So to look at a Jewish man, a teacher of the law, this super pious guy, and say, here's a story about the Samaritan being the good guy, and you were the guy that was half dead and needed to be saved. Um, so in the story, the Samaritan finds the dude, the religious leaders walk on the other side of the road because they didn't want to mess with it, and they didn't want to be unclean, and it was kind of an inconvenience. And the Samaritan man comes across, scoops up this Jewish man that's beaten and broken and robbed and naked, and he puts him, um, he puts him on his ride, and he takes him into town, and he takes him to an end. And he pays to have him cleaned up, doctored up, fed, housed, and he even gives the guy extra money. He's like, he's like look, take care of all of his needs. If it costs more, I'll be back. Okay, and then Jesus says, go do like that guy. That's, that's how you love your neighbor. So he says to this teacher of the law, you love your neighbor by loving your enemy. Love your neighbor. That's, that's what I actually want you to do. That's what will actually make Yahweh quite pleased. If you will love him and you will love the people that you hate the most. Which by default also happens to include everybody. This, this is an inclusive definition of who we are to love. It does not exclude a soul. Do you get that? Like, I know you've heard that. Do you get that? It does not exclude one single solitary person. He answers, I think, even more clearly in the next passage. Should we just keep reading our Bibles? Is that cool with you? If we go to the next one. Jesus is going to hammer this out even further in Matthew chapter 5. Y'all still awake? Do you need me to tell a joke? Do you want me to keep going or tell a joke? I'm not real good at jokes or making people laugh while I preach. Uh, so I'll give you a knock-knock joke. Do you want, um, you want like a childish ha-ha knock-knock joke or like a ah, I see what you did there knock-knock joke? You want a dad joke? Best, happy Father's Day, best knock-knock joke ever, okay? Knock-knock. Interrupting cow. Moo! <laughs> it's so terrible, right? <laughs> Y'all gonna laugh at me. There's, actually, what? Drink the bees. Y'all gonna laugh at me. There, I actually downloaded this app on my phone the other day called Dad Jokes. <laughs> That's all it is. It's just a, it's an app full of like random dad jokes, and you can just go back from one to one. But I don't know. It makes kids laugh. So you back awake? Are you in Matthew five? Okay, we're gonna read. You ready? This is two slides. Stick with me. You have heard it said, and this is Jesus talking. You have heard it said, love your neighbor. And hate your enemy. But I tell you, me, son of God, I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. 
Because he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Next slide. If you love those who love you, what reward do you get? Are not even the tax collectors capable of doing that? Tax collectors, by the way, was like a way of saying terrible people. Right? It was like a synonymous. Like you said tax collector, that just means like the worst of the worst, right? Don't even the tax collectors love people who love them? If you greet only your own people, like your own camp, what are you doing more than others? Don't even pagans do that. Like, don't even the people that, like, do weird, crazy blood sacrifices off over here or, or like, just the completely back crazy, like, like, the pagans do that, right? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Look, I can't be perfect, and you can't be perfect, but I know what Jesus is saying is, look, don't lower, the, don't lower this standard of love to exclude. I want you to love your enemy. I want you to love people that are hard to love. I want you to love your friends because that's just normal human behavior, and I want you to love the people that you that you are in battle with, okay? That you think you're in battle with. We don't fight flesh and blood. The spiritual forces, the, the people that you like the least, the people who don't give you grace and mercy, the people that make your life hard, man. I want you to love those people. Jesus says, easy to love people who love you back, right? Would you agree with that? But look how Jesus, Jesus is an example for this. First John 2, 2, Jesus died for the sins of the world, not for the sins of the people that he loved, that he cared about. He died for the sins of the whole world. You know, Matthew 22, um, verse 40, and I, I'm throwing a lot at you. You might just have to jot these down, or you can go get these notes later um, on, online up at thegatheringnow.com. Study this on, along the week. Look, it's, it's, it's not going to help you. Just, for, just so you know, it's just not that helpful to sit in a sermon. It's just not. There's only so much you can glean from me. Um, or Paul, and, and Paul's even be- a lot better at this than I am. He's a really good communicator. There's just so much you can glean from us, but if you'll, you'll take these and jot down some passages and pray through them and study them on your own, that's when you're going to be transformed. You, you can't be transformed on Sunday mornings, like just sitting in a sermon. It's just, that's an element of it, okay? So just let me encourage you that. But um, Matthew twenty two forty, Jesus says that, <laughs> he says all scripture, he looks at these Lawyers and these teachers and his apostles, he says, all the whole scripture can be summed up by this. Love God and love your enemies. Love your neighbors. Paul, like, doubled down on that in Galatians 5, 13 through 15. I'll read you that. It's not on the screen. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, you're called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge your flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Pull that next slide. I think. Yep. There's a mandate in Scripture, and it is to love. And it is not just to love, but to love your enemy. And it extends beyond people we like and people we're like. The call to love 
is not just for people that we like and people we are like. And how many of you would join me to say, man, I am guilty of that? It's exactly what Jesus was saying. No, 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 no. You don't just get to do that for people that are lovable, for people that will love you back. This extends beyond that. We have to show love to people that don't love us back, give grace when it's not offered, give mercy when it's not extended, act with kindness when we're met with anything but kindness. This is the example of what Jesus did and what he's called us to. And it glorifies God. It glorifies God and points people to the heart of the Father. There's one more big chunk that I want us to read. And before we pull that up there, I wrote you guys a little song. And you're used to seeing me play songs on the guitar, so I wrote you a song on the drums. Are you ready? Are you ready? Will you go ahead and pull up that last passage, please? Are you, are you ready? Here it comes. Thank you. Thank you. This is like a youth ministry object lesson. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I don't have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And see, you, you just, we just lived out the text right there, right? Like, you can, uh, you can all attest that that was terrible. That hurt my ears. I'm sorry if, if like, you've got a hearing aid and I just, like, burned up the battery in or something. I'm so sorry. I just it needed to be a surprise. Um, Paul says, man, that's literally what, what the words coming out of your mouth sound like. When, when your heart doesn't line up with what you're speaking, okay? When you do not have love, when you do not have this agape, your heart, you sound like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And that's if I'm speaking in the tongues of men or of angels, whatever that means, right? Like, I don't have love. Nobody wants to hear it. None of you ask for an encore, right? If, if I have the gift of prophecy and I know all the mysteries and all the knowledge in the world and I have all faith so as to remove mountains but I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, if I surrender my body to be burned and I don't have love, it profits me nothing. Next one. Love is patient. Man, we only read this at weddings, but that's a mistake. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It doesn't take into the account wrong suffering. It doesn't keep it like a bad list, right? It doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness. It rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. We've got to wrap this thing up. Look, John says, don't just say it, do it. James says, if you won't do it, I don't know that you've got it. Jesus says, love everybody, even your enemy. And then he demonstrated that. The very people that put him on, nailed him to a cross, he died for. Right? The people that wanted to kill him and succeeded, 
He loved them to the cross. Paul says, man, if you don't have that love within your heart, nobody can hear what you're saying. It can't just be about our actions, but our hearts. We've got to wrap this thing up. Here's what, here's what I know about this. You can leave that on the screen. This is not our default. This isn't the American way. This isn't the human way, okay? But it is the Christian way. This is what Jesus set the example for, called you to, my friends. It's to love in this manner. Right before that passage, man, there's just too much to read this morning in this chunk of time. Before that passage is when he tells them, man, turn the other cheek. Somebody asks, like, makes you take care of their stuff for them, carry it twice as far as they ask. Somebody wants to borrow something from you, don't ask for it back. Don't ask for interest. Like, like just give yourself away. Because that's what Jesus did. And we could, um, I could have given you a ton of examples um, of, of how we go and live this out. I just want you to go, just like I want me to go and live this out very practically. There are needs in your context of life. Meet them. Do this impractically. Give yourself away. Jesus gave himself away. Give your house away if the Spirit leads you to. I don't know. Love people impractically. Man, love people unconditionally. Jesus didn't do this to convert you. He loved you because he loves you. He did this for love's sake. Man, go and love and serve people for the glory of God, not so you can get something out of them. Love people quietly, man. Go, don't talk about this. Let, I mean, I can talk about this because somebody asked me to preach, right? But the more, the more that you will go and serve and love others sacrificially, the less you'll feel the need to talk about it and post it and virtue signal it. Like when you do something for somebody and like the part of you inside is like, I want to tell somebody about this, man. And then Jesus was like, don't let your left hand know what your right hand just did. Because then you, the hypocrites do that. They stand and they, they pray real loud and they give, they give poor people money really loud. They, they drop it from really high so it clangs in the bucket because they want you to see them. And Jesus is like, don't, just do it so God can see it. Just do it so God can see it. I can't answer all those. I'm just telling you to walk by the Spirit. Follow the Spirit, and you will bear this kind of fruit, because this, this is our call. You want to see what happens um, at the end? It's hard, you know, they, have, they are significantly larger, right? Yeah? I want to show you what happens if they sit for a couple days. All right? This is 150 that's set in water for a couple days, all right? You got this? Think you can zoom on this? Your high dollar camera? You ready? Y'all gonna have to help me pick these up later. They're awesome. They're so much fun to play with. Hey, David, pull up that next slide. Yeah, like, look how much fun that guy's having, right? <laughs> For whatever reason, Jennifer took pictures of me playing with these, and I could not find one of the kids. Um, so when we got these, she put like three handfuls into that water table because we'd never used these before. And the picture on the right is like a full-size trash bag with like 30 pounds of Orbeez in it. And it was kind of a nightmare to clean them out, but it was so much fun. I mean, you imagine like 
like just stick your hands in here and just, I mean, they're, they're like squishy and they're awesome and they bounce. It's like, it's awesome, right? And then they fall apart. So I'm not going to step on that. But look, here's the point. These are just Orbeez. Like they're just little beads of water until you do what? Until you do what? You add water. Your, here's your big idea. Go to the big idea, please. Your big idea is that our actions activate our love. Let us not love just in word alone, but with deed and in truth, church. Man, don't have a Facebook kind of faith that's, that says it. Have a Jesus kind of faith that lives it out, fleshes it out. We're going to turn, turn some light background music on. I'm not going to ask you to sing this morning. I'm going to ask you to reflect, okay? Um, I'm going to ask like three different things. I'm all, I want you to respond. Because this, this is the kind of love that changes the world, okay? By acting upon it. And then it grows and expands exponentially. And it turns into, and it produces something amazing and awesome. That's what love does. That's what love does. And then love results in people giving thanks to God. Yeah, turn some music on so y'all don't feel uncomfortable when I'm going to call you to respond. Um, I want to ask you to respond to the mandate, but I want to let you off the hook. Okay? Nobody is good at this. Okay? So if you felt like sinking, like I've got, like I'm terrible at this, nobody's good at this. Some of you are just less bad at it than others. Okay? Can we just say that? It's just fair, right? This is not a normal love. Agape love is not default. It requires the power of the Holy Spirit. It requires the power of God in you to go and love like this. It's not normal to love where there's not love, to love those who hate you. He did it. He called it. He called us to that. So I want three, here's three things to respond to. And I'm going to call you to do this, all right? And dads, you go first. Happy Father's Day. Like, set the example. I want you to come up here, and I want you to pray one of these, because I think everybody fits into one of these categories. So I'm going to call you to respond by either reflecting, oh, God, how, am I loving well? Help, will you help me love, like 1 Corinthians 13? Will you help me love this person? Call people out by name in prayer to help, that God would help you love them by the power of the Spirit? If you, if you would be that person this morning, come down here, pray that. Oh, God, am I loving well? Help me love well. I'm going to call you to respond. Be the first one, men, and pray that. Because I can't, I can't make you, I can't help you live out this kind of love. The only way you can live out this love is by the power of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit bearing in you. So you come pray that. You reflect. If you're down at this altar, man, reflect. Am I loving well? Soften my heart. The another, another group, you might need to come down and respond this morning by repenting for reserving your love only for people who are easy to love. If that strikes your heart this morning, come down here and take a moment and pray, oh God, I'm sorry that I have only loved the people that are easy to love.
I am sorry that I have not loved my enemy. And come repent and pray that he would soften your heart. And come and act. And listen, the third one, before you can be loved, and I think I've preached the gospel all morning long because I've shown you how Jesus has done all this. Before you can be loved, you need to receive love. I can't act, you can't activate a heart of love if you don't have a heart of love. You have a heart of stone. If you're still dead in sins and trespasses, all right? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if he's not Lord and Savior of your life, and I want you to come and respond, I'll pray with you. Man, leaders of this church will pray with you to meet the Lord, like to, to begin relationships so that then he can make you like Christ and loving others. I think everybody fits into one of those. So I'm going to call you to come on. Don't wait. Come and just be with, with God this morning in this place, man. Ask him to make you that kind of love. If, you, if you're hanging out at your seat, that's cool. Pray something. And turn to one of these passages, pray something. Hey, hey, turn back to 1 Corinthians, the second half on that slide, please. And just leave that up there. If you need something to pray, you pray, God, please make me like this. Soften my heart. My heart is hard. Man, you don't have to be hard. You don't have to be hard. That's what he called you to. Jesus was hardcore, but he was not hard. So your prayer this morning might be soften my heart so I can be like my father. Look, they're going to bump that music up a little bit. I'm going to give some margin and space to just pray these things. You feel the urge to pray for somebody in the room, do it. Man, just go after it.